It is Joshua Waitskin sympathetically offering his opponent a draw in the film Searching for Bobby Fischer because he can already see that 12 moves from now he will have beaten him. It is Lane Kiffin raising his arms in celebration even before the quarterback has let go of the ball because he knows that a touchdown is coming. It's Tiger Woods taking off his hat and extending his hand to the other golfer even before the putt is halfway to the hole because he knows that the match is over. It is the kindergarten teacher smiling as her students plant beans in little plastic cups because she can already feel their delight, which won't be realized until those beans begin to sprout. It is the artistic genius marveling at a lump of clay or a blank canvas because she can already see what inspiration will produce. It is the visionary who mortgages her home and puts everything at risk to invest in herself because she knows that her idea will change the world. Some people have the ability to see what the rest of the world can't see. They know somewhere deep inside themselves not only what is possible but what is certain. They have faith in what they know to be true, even if they are the only ones who know it. And that faith is enough for them to live their lives as if that truth has already come about. Because of Jesus, God invites us to do this, to celebrate even though we can't quite see exactly what the future holds, and yet we know somewhere deep inside of ourselves exactly what will happen. Today's gospel lesson gives us two women, Elizabeth and Mary, who teach us how to do that, who show us how to believe in God's future for us, even though we can't see it yet. Before she set out to visit her relative Elizabeth, Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel, who told her things too wonderful to believe. The angel declared that this unwed woman would conceive and bear a son and name him Jesus. The angel explained that this child would grow up and be great and would be called the Son of the Most High. The angel said that he would be given the throne of his ancestor David and that he would rule over God's people forever and ever. And the sign that the angel gave to reassure this young woman that God would indeed make these impossible things possible was news of a parallel pregnancy. Even in her old age, Mary's relative Elizabeth, who was said to be barren, was expecting her own child, who would become John the Baptist, the promised forerunner of the Lord. And when she heard all these things, Mary believed what she had been told. She believed what God had promised, so much so that she got up and with haste went 
to a hill country town in Judea where she could greet that beloved kinswoman and celebrate with her this wonderful thing that God was doing in their lives. When Mary came to Elizabeth's home and called out to greet that elder relative, the older mother-to-be felt something powerful within her belly. That child that had been growing within her for six months leaped in her, her womb. This was more than a coincidental kick. This fetal movement signified a significant encounter between two unborn cousins and the mothers who carried them. This kick was reminiscent of the twins Esau and Jacob, whose wrestling within their mother, Rebekah, was a sign of two nations struggling, a rivalry that eventually would give birth to a path for God's salvific plan. This leap that Elizabeth felt was a sign that God's promises were coming to fruition, and Elizabeth believed them. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth prophesied blessings upon Mary and upon the child in her womb. She was speaking only of a pregnancy a week or two old, and yet faithful Elizabeth asked, Why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Elizabeth's faithfulness called out in celebration of her counterpart's faithfulness as she exclaimed, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Elizabeth and Mary, two women, two mothers, two participants in God's great work of salvation, two examples of deepest faithfulness. These women's faith not only enabled them to become vessels for God's saving love, but also enabled them to see what would come to pass even while it was still growing within them. They knew deep in themselves that this thing that God was doing was even to save God's people from all that threatened them. Their faith was more than a hope for the future. It was more than an anticipation that someday God would use their children to do something great. The faith that these two women held was a sure and certain belief that God's ancient promises were already coming to bear, and coming to bear not only within their bodies, but in the world all around them. It is that confidence. It is that faithfulness that gives voice to Mary's song, the Magnificat, which isn't a prophetic proclamation of what will happen in the future. Instead, it is a young pregnant woman's declaration of what God has already done. The child growing within her is the salvation of the world, and Mary, the mother of God, already knows it. She can see it. My soul magnifies the Lord, she explains, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because God has looked and seen the lowliness of God's servant. From now on, she sang, all generations will count me as blessed because the Mighty One has done great things for me, the one whose name is holy. 
Mary knows that God's saving work always comes into the world from the bottom up, bubbling first in the lives of those of low estate until it can spread and take hold in the whole world. Mary knows that God's salvation is seen when the powerful are pulled down from their thrones and the lowly are lifted up to take their place. She knows that God's salvation is the hungry being filled with good things and the rich being sent away empty. She knows that God's salvation is the haughty being scattered in their proud imaginations while those who had been lost are rescued by God's strong hand. Mary knows that in every case, God's salvation comes into the world in ways that the powerful cannot see until that salvation is complete. Yet those with faith, those who see what Mary and Elizabeth saw, they can see it as if it were already true. People of faith see not only that which is beginning to grow, but also that which has already taken place even before it's come to pass. Like Mary and Elizabeth, we are called to have sight like that, to have faith like that, to live our lives within that reality that is sure and certain, even when the world can't see it yet. Will we have faith like Mary? Will we have faith like Elizabeth? As Christmas comes, will we have faith not only that God's salvation has begun to break through into this world, but because it already has, will we have faith that God is already bringing all things to their perfection? Will we see and know that God's perfection is something we can live into fully here and now? If we are going to see that salvation that is taking over this world, a world in which power and greed and exploitation still thrive, we're going to have to see it and search for it with eyes of deep faithfulness, the faithfulness of Mary and Elizabeth. But that's what we're called to see. We're called to look out into the future and see what is absolutely certain what is promised and accomplished because of the one whom Elizabeth recognized and the one whom Mary bore. May we see what these two women saw and may their faith become our faith. Amen.